0: Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I am Evangelist Janice Nelson, and I want to welcome you to season two of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole, a weekly women's Bible study podcast. Today is Sabbath, Sunday, January 16th, the year of our Lord, 2022. In this Bible study podcast, we address various issues that break the spirit of women and then seek to promote women's spiritual wholeness and well-being with lessons learned from the word of God. Ladies, is your life filled with sorrow? Do you have someone who you can turn to for compassion, understanding, comfort, or help? Or are you surrounded by unsympathetic people who are not Christians and who resent your Christian convictions and lifestyle choices? Are you in an unequally yoked marriage or resented at your place of employment for your Christian values? Perhaps your closest friends and family members have simply grown old and passed away and you are alone. Whatever your situation, many of you know what it is like to have no one to whom you can turn to for love and understanding life sometimes hurts. However, if you are a Christian, deep inside of you, you know that God is your rock to whom you can turn. Sometimes you may feel far away from God, and when you do, you can pray along the lines of Psalm 61, our study text today. When we come back, we are going to talk about trusting in God You're rock. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. Today, we are talking about trusting in God, your rock. Our scripture reading is taken from Psalms chapter 61, verses 1 through 8. I will be reading from the New King James Version of the Bible if you want to follow along with the scripture reading. Now, reading from the New King James Version of the Bible, The book of Psalms, chapter 61, beginning at verse one. The psalmist writes, hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter to me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings, Selah. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. You will prolong the king's life, his years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. O oh, prepare mercy and truth which may preserve him. So I will sing praise to your name forever, that I may daily perform my vows. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of his word. Amen. Lady Psalm 61 was written by King David. The setting of the psalm provides the background for interpreting it. And in this case, the psalm tells us that David was far from home because he cries out to God, quote, from the end of the earth, end quote. For the Jewish people, the center of the universe was Jerusalem where the ark of God was located. So when David said to God, from the ends of the earth, I call you, he must have been geographically far from or felt far from Jerusalem. Verses 6 and 7 makes it clear that when David wrote the psalm, he was king of Israel. So this will eliminate the time when he was on the run from King Saul hiding out in caves. The placing of Psalm 61 directly behind Psalm 60 more than likely suggests that David wrote this psalm during his military campaign along the Euphrates River, which was the setting of Psalm 60. Miraphorically speaking, this phrase, from the end of the earth, could represent that David felt far away from the divine presence of God. Sometimes you and I feel far away from God, and when we do, we can pray along the lines of this psalm just as David did. So let's unpack Psalm 61. We have just talked about David feeling geographically far from Jerusalem and metaphorically far from the divine presence of God, according to verse 2 of our text, where David says, from the end of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. In verse 2, the image that David uses for God is rock. He calls God his rock. The image of God as a rock is prominent in the Davidic Psalms, because David uses rocks in the Judean wilderness as his places of refuge to shield and protect him while he was on the run from King Saul and later his son Absalom. David had explored and he knew every nook and cranny and every hiding place in the Judean rocky wilderness. And whenever he fled to this rocky wilderness, he knew that he was in a place of refuge. Each of the Davidic Psalms that uses the image of God as a rock has its own way of doing so. In Psalm 61, David employs two unique features to his use of the rock as the image of God. The first feature David uses to employ the use of the rock as the image of God is in verse two, where he says the rock is higher than I. I think that we all recognize God is higher than we are when we are sometimes or somehow challenged or down in the dumps. We know that we need God and we pray or call out to him. But what about when everything is going well? Like David, who, when he wrote this Psalm, was king of Israel. Do you forget about God because you're able to handle your situation? This was not a mistake that David made. He never forgot that God was infinitely above him and that he always needed God. The people of Israel who David ruled on earth looked upon him as their rock, but David looked to God as looked to a rock much higher than himself. The second feature David uses to employ the use of the rock as the image of God, like the first image, is also found in verse two, where David says, lead me to the rock. I love that phrase. He asked to be led to the rock that is led to God. Today, the believer not only needs the rock, but we need the Holy Spirit to lead us to the rock, which is a metaphor for Jesus Christ. The reason we need the Holy Spirit to lead us to Jesus Christ is because No one comes to Christ by himself or herself. Rather, it is the Holy Spirit that stimulates our dead souls, arouses our spiritual needs, renews our will, and brings us to a point of personal commitment to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Salvation is of God and entirely of grace. So the question is, is God your rock? Have you been led to him? If by chance you have not trusted in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, you can ask God, you can ask the Holy Spirit to lead you to him by simply making your confession of faith, saying that you believe that he is who he says he is in the scriptures and ask him to help you overcome any doubt or disbelief. There is a simple but beautiful prayer in Mark chapter 9, verse 24, that God loves to hear and answers. It says, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Let's look at the second stanza of Psalm 61, which adds to David's image of God as his rock, which with the use of four metaphors. That emphasizes what God is to the believer who places their trust in Him. The most basic of God's attributes is His greatness. And there are any number of images we can use to make this point. However, the images that David uses in Psalm 61 are written in this psalm in such a way that they become more and more warm and intimate. For example, The image of God as a shelter or refuge in verse three is closer than that of God as a rock. Verse three says, for you have been a shelter for me. This makes one thinks of a retreat, you know, a place where you can withdraw from enemy forces due to their superior power or even after a defeat. David uses this term many times in the Davidic Psalms when he fled from King Saul. The second image of God is also found in verse 3, which describes God as a strong tower from the enemy. A tower is a place of refuge from the attack of the enemy, but it differs from the refuge of the rocky wilderness because a tower is part of a walled city as such you are not fleeing from home or defending yourself from your enemies far away from home but rather from your home city where you are more than likely not alone in your situation and others could possibly take refuge in the tower with you and assist you in defending yourself against your enemy the third image that God uh, of God is that of a tabernacle. The New International Version of the Bible uses the word tent instead of tabernacle in verse 4, which I find interesting because whenever I read about a tent in the scriptures, I think about Abraham and his domestic arrangements where he welcomed the three heavenly visitors outside of his tent near the trees of Mamre in Genesis chapter 18. Mamre M-A-M-R-E, is an ancient Hebrew word for a place near or in Hebron where Abraham lived. It was here that Abraham showed hospitality to visitors, providing them with care and protection. However, in our text, there is much more to the word tent than simply a domicile. The word tent in Hebrew also translates in English as Tabernacle, the word that our New King James Version uses in verse four, which says, I will abide in your tabernacle forever. The Old Testament oftentimes uses the word wilderness tabernacle where the ark of God was kept. So when David uses the word tabernacle here, he is asking to dwell where God dwells. The same idea is expressed in Psalm chapter 27, verse 4, which says, One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Ladies, the images that David has used so far in this psalm have moved us from the wilderness of a fortified city, most likely Jerusalem, and then to the tabernacle, which means closer to God. This is beautiful. The fourth image of God that David uses is that of a sheltering mother bird. Continuing in verse four, David says, I will trust in the shelter of your wings, Selah. Verse four of our text, um, this is the very image, the very intimate, excuse me, this is a very intimate image, the most intimate of all of the images that David used in our text, dwelling under the shelter or the shadow of God's wings, The wings in uh, Psalm 64 are called wings of God, which is an intimate and powerful image. David desires to be sheltered beneath the wings or against the very breast of God. Ladies, like David, we should not fear intimacy with God, because we only hurt when we remain at a distance for God or withdraw from the embrace of God. Verse 4 ends with the word selah, S-E-L-A-H, which means, as, as I've explained in prior Bible studies, is it's a Hebrew word found at the ending of verses in the Psalm and has been interpreted as an instruction that calls for a break in the singing of the psalm, or it means forever. In verse five, David says, For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Here, I believe David is referencing past vows, because he says God has heard my vows. David continued to honor God as an expression of his grateful allegiance to God. God heard David's vows and responded by anointing him king over God's people, the heritage of those who fear the name of God. In verses six and seven, David stopped praying for himself and asked God to prolong the days of the king's life for many generations. The scripture says you will prolong the king's life, his years as many generations. He shall abide before the Lord forever. Oh, prepare mercy and truth which may preserve him. Not only does David want God to prolong the king's life for many generations, but he also wants to abide in the presence of God forever. And he asks God to prepare mercy and truth to preserve or protect him. When reading these verses, it's easy to wonder, who is David talking about? because he switches from the first person writing about himself as king to the third person. But this is merely for stylistic effect. In verse 8, David returns to the first person saying, So I will sing praise to your name forever, that I may daily perform my vows. This is David's promise to God to praise him forever. This is a promise that David could keep if God prolonged his reign for generations as David desired in verse 6. Ultimately, this psalm, which David wrote, is about the Messiah. And the petition is, Prolong the days of the king's life that he may abide before God forever. This is also how David responded when God sent Nathan to him and promised that his descendants would sit on the throne forever. And 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 through 13, which says, When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Some of this was fulfilled by Solomon's reign, but not the forever part which david obviously recognized because in second samuel chapter 7 verse 17 uh, verse 19 david responded is he the manner of man o lord god in other words is this your usual way of dealing with man o sovereign lord nothing of man lasts forever But if God was promising a forever kingdom, it had to be a kingdom that would be established and maintained by a divine Messiah who would be God, who became man in human flesh. As such, the promise made to David was the eternal kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 61, verse 2, began with David feeling far from the Jerusalem geographic location of God and far from the divine presence of God. However, the more David considered God and his relationship with him, and the more David prayed, the closer he felt to God. And as David drew closer to God, his confidence was restored to the point that he expected God to establish his descendants in Jerusalem, God's capital city for many generations. This is something for which David would praise God for. And that is how Psalm 61 ends and verse eight, which says, So I will sing praise to your name forever, that I may daily perform my vows. This should not only be true for David, but for you and for me as well, because the one who lived with David in Old Testament times is our God. And we know him more intimately than David did. We know him and the Lord Jesus Christ. The rock infinitely more, higher than we are. The rock of ages and the cleft for us, crucified that we might be saved. Ladies, when you are filled with sorrow, have no one to turn to for compassion, understanding, comfort, or help. When you are surrounded by unsympathetic people who are not Christians and who resent your Christian convictions and lifestyle choices. If you are in an unequally yoked marriage or resented at your place of employment for your Christian values. If your closest friends and family members have grown old and passed away and you feel alone, whatever your situation, know that Jesus is your rock your refuge to whom you can turn from enemies and foes. He is your strong tower where we can go and be safe. He is our tabernacle, the place where the spirit of God dwells. In John chapter one, verse 14, the apostle John said, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Greek, in the Greek, the words made his dwelling mean tabernacled. This is why in Matthew chapter 23, verse 37, Jesus said, All Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How Often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. But Jesus has gathered you and me to himself. Unfortunately, there are times when we need to feel as if we are at the uh, the end of the earth, as the psalmist says, to discover just how wonderful Jesus is. I think I said that wrong. Unfortunately, there are times when we feel as if we are at the end of the earth. And we discovered just how wonderful Jesus is. And this is what Augustine was talking about when he wrote these words. He says, They that are godly are oppressed and vexed in the church or congregation for this purpose. That they, when they are pressed, They should cry when they cry that they should be heard. And when they are heard that they should loud and praise God. Beloved, if you learn to do this, you will be full of faith, full of peace and full of love, trusting in God, your rock. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. If this ministry has been a blessing to you and you want to support it, please send whatever gifts of love you feel led to give to Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. Uh, we are a five hundred one c three nonprofit religious organization located at P O Box three four six three seven Los Angeles California nine zero zero three four You can also donate at the, uh, via the tidy app at Broken Vessels Mended In the Hole at Givelefy g i v e l i f y dot com uh, at Broken Vessels hyphen Mended In Hole or via PayPal at Broken Vessels Mended and whole at gmail.com. Okay. So please um, join me next week for another episode of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. And uh, don't forget to spend some time tomorrow, Monday, Martin Luther King Day, honoring this great civil rights activist. In the meantime, please take good care and may God continue to bless you.